This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Accelerate Your Business Growth, where we're exploring all sorts of business topics. Experts from around the world join me, your host, Diane Helbig, for a conversation where they share their expertise with all of you. Take what you need, when you need it. Featured on Inc.com, Forbes, and MSNBC's Your Business, this podcast is recognized as one of the best podcasts for small business, sales, leadership, social media, and more. When it comes to business, Accelerate Your Business Growth has got it covered. And now on with the show. My guest today is Janet Granger. Janet speaks about closing the generational divide in the workplace and team building. With over 25 years of experience, she published Digital Influence for Baby Boomers, Why You Should Care, and Yes, You Can Do That. And Okay, Boomer, Revelations of a Baby Boomer Working with Millennials. Janet provides mentoring and coaching for leaders of intergenerational teams. She lives in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and has an MBA from Columbia University. Thanks so much for being here today, Janet. Thank you so much for having me. And I love the way you read my book titles. (laughs) (laughs) I love Can I hire you? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) I love them. Of course, I think I am them. So, excuse me, that could be one. Um, so, I'm so glad we're talking about all of this. This just seems to be something that this whole intergenerational five generations in the workplace thing is, um, I, I think, making boomers crazy. Uh, I can't imagine what it's doing to uh, the younger folks. But talk to us about the current you know, labor and employment issues in. Uh, our workplace in the United States, please. Sure. So this this kind of all came to a head most recently in 2016 because that was the year that sort of the the millennial generation outnumbered everyone else. And I like to show a graph that that um, actually uh, Pew Research put together to sort of show the trajectory of. Um, you know, here are all the generations. And 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 maybe it would be helpful for your listeners for me to sort of outline who I'm talking about. So the 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 baby boomer generation um was the generation that was born after World War II, which is, you know, soldiers came home, there was a baby boom, as they say. Um, and that was really from the years of 1946 to 1964. So those are the boomers as we're talking about. The after that, um, some of the years get squishy, but I just like to define them my own way. Um, so Gen X is sort of the next generation, 65 to around 80, 1980. And then after that, um, you've got the millennials um, and they're a, a big generation. So the older generally, uh, older millennials are now actually in their early 40s. 
Um, so they're up to depending on how you look at it or 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 think about that generation up to 1996. And then after that is Gen um, Z. And that's why uh, Gen Z is sort of just beginning to enter the workplace now. So you've got some 23, 24 year olds who are the Gen Zers coming in. And so you've got all these different generations in the workplace right now. And what I what I like to say is, you know, nothing changes. Everything is the same, but everything has changed. And, and by that, I mean, um, I don't know about you, but I remember being a 23 year old entering the workforce for the full t- first time and looking at all these, quote unquote, you know, you can't see my air quotes, but old people. Right. <laughs> old people to me was anybody over 40, quite frankly, and thinking, oh, my God you know, your dead would get out of my way. Like I vividly, I vividly remember this, thinking this when I was 23. So, so why are we suddenly now that we're on that old dead wood part of the spectrum, looking at our youth going, why do they think that? It's because every, every new generation thinks that they think, you know, they've invented everything. Um, um, and so, you know, this age bashing and age issue thing has been around literally since the Greeks were writ- writing about it, you know, Plato and Sophocles. And if they were complaining about the youth, you know, it's not gotten any any better. What what has changed is in my generation, if you wanted to complain about all those old folks, you had to find other your peers in your environment or maybe, you know, from school that you knew outside of work and you would complain about them, right? It was just you talking. Well, now there's social media and you have everybody complaining in a very public forum and sort of egging each other on with these, you know, videos and nicknames and, oh, Karen and blah, 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 blah. And I actually named my book OK Boomer because that was the great dismissive, like, <laughs> OK, Boomer, you go, <laughs> you think what you're going to think. Um, so I really think what's brought this to a head, quite frankly, is it's just that sentiment has gone public in, in a very in a very public forum, which is social media. You know, the older people were in charge of the established media, the magazines, the newspapers, the TV news, the radio news, you know, where everyone used to get their news. So since the older people were in charge, there was no voice for younger, younger people, except like, I don't know, remember Mad Magazine, sure. where they were irreverent and made fun of everybody. And we all read it because it was voicing stuff we all felt. Well, okay, it's this is the Mad Magazine of the, of the present day. So um I'm not sure if that really answered your question. You know, it's because those younger generations are now the the majority in the workplace that I think this is such a big issue because now those people hanging on to power, the baby boomers, the Gen Xs, and God bless Gen X because they they get technology much more than the baby boomer generation that we did. Because remember, they were born in 65. so the 1970s and 80s, when computers first really began to be developed, where everybody was using computers, they were they were part of that. So they're a little more tech savvy, oh. um, and, um, and and they're the ones also carrying the holding the purse strings right now. But it's that tension between that bigger younger generation and 
who who's making the decisions, who owns the companies, who runs the companies. That's the issue. I see. So, <clears throat> excuse me, what is the impact then on older workers and younger workers? Well, I think the impact is everything from, you know, if there's strife and tension, that can't help but affect the work product that comes out. But but it's also a little more insidious than that in, in the, you know, we read a lot now about morale, um, about burnout, about mental health issues, especially among the younger generation. And, and that's how that's how this is all kind of coming to 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 the light is there's a lot of stress out there and it's not being addressed. There was a lot of stress when we were younger, when I was younger, but you know, you didn't talk about it. Uh Um, you, You didn't, you didn't tell people, you know, you were seeking counsel or counseling. Um, it was much more hidden. There was much more of a stigma about it in terms of mental health. Um, but so, so it's everything from productivity to, you know, literally people's emotional well-being. That's what's at stake here. Boy, I, I really, I feel all of that. Um, it's, it's an interesting, I mean, maybe because I have a millennial and a Gen Z and I am a boomer. So we have almost everything going on in the, well, they don't live here anymore, but you know, in this family, I won't say in this house. Um, but as you're talking about those different, you know, characteristics and things, and even my brother was born in 64. So he was at the tail end of the boomers and he has been much more tech savvy than my sister and I. And much more, you know, of an early adopter and that sort of thing. So, so this is this is painting a, a much more interesting picture for me about all of it. You know, that social media is at play. Not surprisingly, right? Yeah. But so, let's talk about what does a company do when they have these different generations and they want to have a vibrant positive work environment and culture for everyone? Like, are there tips or, you know, certain things they can engage in or adopt to make that happen? Yeah, I, that's a great question. And and a lot of what I try to help people with is, you know, okay, you've painted a picture. Now what? What do we do from here? How yeah. do we fix it? Yeah. Um, and 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 there's a lot of things. I mean, one of the things that I do um, with with my clients when when they first asked me is you know just ask putting out a survey and asking people like do you feel respected at work mm. would you recommend this workplace to friends and family you know just getting a taking a temperature and seeing a is there a problem b how big is it c who's having this problem you know is it departmental is it based on oh you happen to have this one manager and you're not happy you know you can get a lot of information by just tapping tapping it and saying you know this is a safe space for you there's no no recriminations for whatever you put but we really want to know how you're doing this gives gives this gives employees a voice and a place to say 
oh, you know what? Things are not good. Or you know what? Uh, there's a lot of noise out there. I'm fine. Um, so, so the first thing is to just ask the question, do we have a problem? How big is it? Um, another way is to, to listen and respond in ways that feel um, like you're trying to help. And by that, I mean, um, you know, there are these sort of town hall meetings where it's very clear that nothing is ever going to happen. Um, but what if there were smaller meetings where um, issues were brought up and addressed, and then there was a real concerted effort to, to maybe institute some changes, and they don't have to be huge. So here's an example, right? Um, here's an example. The question is, should you return emails on evenings and weekends? Mm. That's the topic. Let's discuss. Because that is a huge point yeah. for a lot of employees. Like, are you expecting me to be on my phone while I'm on vacation? Right. Um, are you expecting me? Like, what are the expectations? And P.S. Were those expectations made known? If the answer is yes, during your job interview, your training, your onboarding. But just touching on some issues that really get at the heart of the matter, which is we care about you. We want things to be better here. How can we be better here? Let's talk about these pain points, communication, um, hours, things like that. So, you know, whether you want to do a whole big program and, and start to deal with your culture or you just want to dip your toe in, there are ways to start to figure out how we can make a difference. Um, so, you know, it kind of depends on leadership and how much they want to own this and how much they just want to whitewash it. You, you right. know what I'm saying? Well, I'm glad you said that because as you were talking about it, it makes a lot of sense. It sounds really great. And all I kept thinking was, and you can't fake it. You know, you have no. to really be. No, you've got to walk the walk here. Yeah. And and here's the thing. You know, we talk about social media, but it's not just social media. I mean, there was no glass door when I started out in my, in, you know, looking for jobs and yeah. applying jobs and stuff. Glassdoor, I think, has done amazing things, you know, and I, you know, I don't own stock and I don't, I don't know anyone at Glassdoor. But, but what I mean is the, the visibility that people now have to the back end workings of an, of an organization because of things like Glassdoor didn't exist. And because of that, you know, whitewashing is no longer an option because, yeah. you know, Word's going to get out there that, you know, your place is, is not a good place to work for people of, you know, name the category, age, gender, you know, anything that you can imagine um, how someone might self-identify. Um, it's going to become common knowledge whether or not your workplace is a good place to be. And then right. people will make a choice. Do they want to work there or not? Um, same thing with the public, public um, um, publicity or not publicity, but the listing job listings that now have salary requirements. Right, there are some younger people who are now not even applying to jobs that don't have a reasonable salary range. And I get it; I totally yeah. get it. Why would you want to go through nine rounds of interviews if you didn't know how much you might get paid at the end of the rainbow? Right. Um, 
So there are these, there's this visibility that exists now that didn't ever before that employers can't hide behind. That's fascinating. I hadn't even thought about that. This episode is brought to you by Kia's first three-row all-electric SUV, the Kia EV9, with available all-wheel drive and seating for up to seven adults. With zero to 60 speed that thrills you one minute and available lounge seats that unwind you the next. Visit kia.com slash EV9 to learn more. Ask your Kia dealer for availability. No system, no matter how advanced, can compensate for all driver error and or driving conditions. Always drive safely. Welcome to Don't Retire, Graduate, the podcast that asks you what you want to be when you grow up so you can graduate into retirement with a purpose and a passion, whether you're 25, 85, or any age in between. Gain actionable financial and mindset tips from your favorite authors, podcasters, and influencers to help you reach that exciting next chapter. Listen now and start building your path to financial freedom and reframing what retirement can mean to you. This is your host, Eric Brotman, reminding you, don't retire, graduate. Wow. Oh, yeah. If people are looking, believe you me. Oh, and 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 we haven't even talked about Reddit. <laughs> you know, there are forums like Reddit, like Fishbowl. I mean, there are um, a fairy, fairy god boss. I think it's called. There, there are there are forums out there where people are talking. <laughs> they wow. are talking, and if employers aren't aware of that, well, you they yeah. need to be. Yeah. So can't we all just be genuine? You know, can't we just really mean it? And and because th- this is something that blows my mind. We've been talking about the millennials and the Gen Zs and what they expect, what they want, how they're different from boomers for years, for mm-hmm. at least, I- I'm going to say 10 years. Yeah. Right. 15 years, actually. When they first started the workforce, it was all the, oh, here's the difference with millennials. Yeah. So, yeah. I yeah. mean, they're 40, they're 40, 41 years old now. It's It's been that long. So at, so at what point, this is, it sort of drives me crazy. It's like, okay, you can keep complaining about it. It's not going away. It's only getting worse because, you know, th- there's a lot of them and they are the future of the workforce, not the boomers. Boom! What what did I hear? Like ten thousand boomers are retiring a day or something. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah. so here's here's why things haven't changed because the old people are in charge, and while the old people are in charge and feel like, oh no, you you need to work the way I want to work. You know, it's like Jamie Dimon going, everyone's got to come back to the office now because yeah. I want it. <laughs> right. Um, as long as the people in charge are tone deaf, they'll keep doing things that drive younger people away. That's just the reality. I've written blogs about it. I've done social posts about it. Um, and uh, until it's painful enough that they need to make a change, they won't. Um, I've seen a sea change just in the last four years because um, it's it's only in very, very, very recently, I would say in a post-pandemic world, really, that employers have realized a, there's a problem. They knew that before. But B, oh, guess what? Younger employees aren't the ones to fix it. They, their feeling was, you know what? Not my problem. This is how we work here. If you don't right. like it, leave. And then the pandemic happened yeah. and they and and everything changed. Right. And now 
there's this sudden realization and and I don't know how much you follow Simon Sinek, but he did a he's done some really interesting um, uh, videos on this, basically saying, hey, look, is it fair that you've got a workforce of people who can't deal with when things go wrong, who have no coping school skills? No, but that's what you got. You got to you got to play the hand you're dealt. Yeah. And whether you like it or not. This is the hand you've been dealt. So I I leave it with, you know, I look at employers and managers and say, you know what, your your leadership, it's your responsibility to figure out how to make this work. Um, and if you can't, then get out of the way and someone else will fill it, figure it out. I, not to be harsh, but that's kind of how I, that's the reality right now. Because it is the reality. And these are the same people who are then complaining that there's, they can't find workers. Yeah, exactly. I wonder why. Yeah, if you're not if you're not paying a living wage. Yeah, if you're, if, if you're uh, if your um, boost at the end of the year, your salary is you know is yeah. so big and astronomical that 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 you can't even fathom what it's like to be living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah, no, I I can understand why you you don't understand the problem. Yeah, and because <laughs> you and, don't. Ugh. Right, exactly. And you're not listening. And and one last point I want to make, because like you, I have two um, uh, children who are both um, in the millennial category. And here's the thing. They watched their father, who had worked for one company for 30 some odd years, get booted, yep. you know, in his early 60s. You know, he'd done everything he possibly could to be the model employee. And how did they respond? Oh, you cost too much. Boom, you're out of here. There, why is there no company or corporate loyalty? Are you kidding me? Right. These kids watched their parents basically dissolve after having devoted their lifetimes to these companies. They watched, they were witnesses, they got to see it, you know, front row seats. And these companies are wondering why there's no loyalty. Oh my God. My response is why would they even want to work for a company after Honestly, it's seeing exactly, how their parents got shafted? That that is exactly right. And they felt it. Sure. So, you know, it's not just they weren't just bystanders watching the train wreck. They were on the train. And so it, the, this is a really important point that, that you're making that. These kids are making their decisions based on their previous life experience and what they saw their go on with their parents. And then and, and then the pandemic and a lot of people, not just kids, said, whoa, there are things that are more important to me than punching a clock or that whole, you know, trying to be loyal thing. I'm I'm gonna do what's right for me. So there's been a whole sea change, it feels like, around what it means to be part of an organization. And, you know, P.S., the deep, dark secret, people were just as productive, if not I more, know. <laughs> working from home. You shave off that, you know, hour commute each way. Yeah. Oh my God, people yeah. are happier. They're more rested because they've gotten more sleep. Yeah. You know, it was a beautiful thing. And, yep. and now you're trying to take that away from people. I mean, I get that there are certain professions, you know, you sure. work in a hospital, you got to be there for the patients. 
but there are certain professions, <laughs> you know, but in the in the white collar world, you know, right. that we're talking about, um, I, I I I don't think any company is going to get a quality employee without having to provide some sort of flexibility. I completely agree with you. And I think they have to stop looking at things the way they used to, and they're still doing, unfortunately, which is I'm paying you for for time because that's you're not. You're paying me for no. results. Exactly. So figure out what it is you want me to accomplish every day. And then you shouldn't care whether it takes me two hours or 20. Yeah, no, that's why I, I, one of the things I tell younger people or anyone actually who's, who's looking for a job or starting a job is to have very numbers focused metrics that, that, or that judge your success. Like, what does success look like? X amount of this, X amount of that. And that X isn't your time. That X is, I'm in marketing, I increased, you know, the website traffic 20%. Yeah. I'm in, I, I handled this many clients, I closed this many sales, you know, however, whatever KPI or metric you want to use, it's not about the hours, it's about the work and the project and the accomplishment. And to your point, if someone works faster, shouldn't penalize them for that. Right. No, you should promote them because then they can, you know, help other people to do things quickly, maybe. Anyway, um, yeah. I, I agree with you 100%. I, th- I think that the metrics are totally skewed and we need to be very results focused yes. in how we judge people. Yes, yes, yes. I, I am in complete agreement. And I love this conversation. I love this topic. And I have to say, Janet, I mean, I, I've talked to a couple of people on this podcast about this whole generational thing. Um, and, and you have brought a very interesting, different sort of light to it or explained it in a way, um, that was, uh, different, you know, I learned a lot. And so I know if I learn a lot, my listeners are learning a lot. So thank you very much for spending. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm so glad. I am too. Will you tell the listeners how they can find you please? Oh, sure. So um, JanetGranger.com is my website. Um, I'm on Instagram and LinkedIn. And um, I would love to connect with any of your listeners and all of them and to to hear from them. Like, I, I learned so much from people. I'd love to hear what their struggles are and what's going on in their world. Excellent. Well, I'm sure they'll be reaching out to tell you <laughs> now that <laughs> beware of what you wish for. You might just get it. Um, I get great stories. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, it's so true. That is so true. Oh, well, thank you so much. And listeners, thank you. You are who we're doing this for. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, a production of Evergreen Podcasts. Discover more episodes of this podcast and explore others at evergreenpodcast.com. As always, continue to prosper and be curious. And if you're looking to get your sales strategy headed in the right direction, pick up a copy of Succeed Without Selling on Amazon or wherever books are sold. Until we meet again on another episode of Accelerate Your Business Growth, goodbye and good day. Have you ever found yourself scrolling through financial news and wondering, how does any of this affect me? How can I read a major headline and truly understand what impact that has on not only my portfolio, 
but my life. Well, our goal on the podcast Inside the Street, hosted by Wall Street analysts at Lashifre Partners, is to provide public investors and young professionals with a deeper understanding of the mechanics that drive those major headlines. And what better way to dive into these mechanics and hosting Wall Street analysts themselves to discuss the newest trends in finance firsthand? Well, on our show, we bring you real perspectives from the front line. Hearing these analysts give commentary has made our listeners much more well-versed on the financial markets. This approach to discussion allows our listeners to engage in conversation with much more educated opinions and predictions. So be sure to check out our show, Inside the Street, wherever you find your podcasts.